0: Our first speaker tonight, and I'm going to get her up in a moment, is Sienna Sampson. For those who don't know Sienna, she is a ball of life in a good way. And uh, she, she helps lift Isaac's melancholy a little bit in a good way. <laughs> Uh, but she is a second-year intern with us, doing a brilliant job serving with Katrina in our New People World. Runs a absolutely booming uh, small group here at church. If you're not, if you're a young adult not in the group, get to her group. A uh, little plug for you guys there. Anyway, but uh, what I love about Sienna is she just loves Jesus, and uh, any moment where she can just stop and connect with Him. Uh, She takes it, she jumps at it, she's hungry for it, and uh, to see what God has done in her life, particularly the last 12 months, uh, has been such a blessing as a pastor. So come on, let's stand to our feet and welcome Sienna as she comes and shares.
1: Oh my gosh. Hi guys, how's everyone doing? Oh my gosh, I'm so excited and I'm also very nervous. I just want to get that out there. Very nervous. But I'm excited to share with you guys tonight. But before I do, I'd like to honor a couple of people. It's our location pastors. Oh guys, you can sit down, just take a seat, get comfortable. Um, I would love to honor Pastor Josh and Pastor Shekinah. They are seriously, yeah, give it up for them. They are seriously amazing. Like from the moment that I walked into church, they've just loved on me, supported me, helped me grow in so many different areas and they're just so full of wisdom. They're just anointed. They carry such a kingdom authority about them and I know that everybody here would agree with me that we're really lucky to have such leaders that like lead us so strongly. So can we just give them a round of applause? Let's honor them together. We love you guys. All right, guys. So... Who here is glad that we are in a church that believes that God does miracles today? (laughs) Well, a few years ago, Isaac and I went to a Christian conference at Marvel Stadium in Melbourne, and we literally saw so many miracles break out in the stadium, and it was wild. And I remember just being so excited to see the Holy Spirit moving so powerfully through our prayers at this conference that when I got home, I felt this sudden urgency inside of me to go and pray for my dad's foot because he'd been suffering from a real bad case of plantar fasciitis. And by the way, my dad is not a Christian. So this was either going to go terribly wrong or miraculously right. I was so scared because I really wanted my dad to know that God was real. So I chose to be bold and believe that the Holy Spirit was with me and that he'd come through for me in this prayer. And surely enough, he came through for me and God actually healed his foot. (laughs) But better than that, I knew that, God, that Dad felt the presence of God that day, and I knew that he felt the love of God that day because I chose to be obedient to what God was saying. So isn't God good? Like, that's so cool. Tonight, I really want to build our faith. The Bible says that those who believe in Jesus will receive the Holy Spirit, and that's the same Holy Spirit that literally resurrected Jesus from the dead. You have the very same Holy Spirit in you that was in and is in Paul the Apostle, Martin Luther, Benny Hinn, and our very own Pastor John. You have the very same Holy Spirit. So for those that are taking notes, I have three faith-building points to share with you. So point number one, when you partner with the Holy Spirit, you will do extraordinary things. In Matthew 28, verse 18 to 20, it says, Jesus came and spoke to them saying, All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go therefore and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things that I've commanded you. And behold, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. This is the great commission. This is the sending out of the disciples, aka all of us. And I love the end of the scripture when it says, and behold, I'm with you always. So remember, commission is co Co-mission meaning we are actually co-laboring with Christ when we go out and do what he's called us to do. So the good news is you're not in this alone. You don't have to do this Christian walk alone because the Holy Spirit is your co-worker and he's your power source. Like tonight, for example, before I got up here, I was like, Holy Spirit, partner with me tonight, co-labor with me tonight. I need you. Oh my goodness. And it's crazy because like before we do anything for God's kingdom, we should be asking and expecting the Holy Spirit to partner with us because then he'll use us, you know. So our job is just to lay ourselves down, yield to God, open up our mouth and let the Holy Spirit use us as a vessel. So you may, not, you may not have to preach to a bunch of people, but you may. But God may simply ask you just to go and tell one of your work colleagues that Jesus loves them. He may put it on your heart to go and pray for somebody in your connect group. And he may even ask you to quite literally go and share the gospel with the lady uh, packing the milk fridge at Woolworths. It's happened before. <laughs> now, <laughs> will we always feel like it? Probably not. But sometimes God asks us to do things that require partnering with Him and trusting in Him alone. And this is good because it reminds us that we can't do anything of ourselves. In that way, when we actually do a good job at whatever it is, God gets all the glory for it. Okay, point number two. You have a general calling. So we all have a personal calling. But tonight, I really want to focus on our general calling as the body of Christ. Now, did you know that the very first command that Jesus gave his 12 disciples was to cast out evil spirits and heal the sick? And when he gave this command, he bestowed upon them the exact same power and authority that he had. I just love that so much. In Matthew 10 verse 1, it says, And when he had called his 12 disciples to him, he gave them power over unclean spirits to cast them out and to heal all kinds of sickness and all kinds of disease. It then goes on to say in verses seven and eight. And as you go, preach, saying, The kingdom of heaven is at hand. Heal the sick, cleanse the lepers, raise the dead, cast out demons. Freely you've received, so freely give. So the general calling of every believer is to preach the gospel, heal the sick, raise the dead, cast out evil spirits, baptize people, and make disciples. That's the general calling of us as the body of Christ. And we're really blessed to be in a church who wholeheartedly believes in this. Because we already do these things in church. But I'm here to tell you tonight that the Holy Spirit isn't just limited to the church building. So I just want to encourage anyone here tonight who might be thinking, oh no, I can't do that. Or thinking that this general calling is just for the extroverted people and the evangelists. Because you don't actually need a special anointing to do these things. You don't need a special gifting and you don't even need God to tell you to do this because the Word of God already calls you to do this. In John 14, 12, Jesus says, Most assuredly, I say to you, He who believes in me, the works that I do, he will do also. And even greater works than than these he will do. Everybody say greater. Greater. (laughs) So it's time to start believing in yourself. You have the Holy Spirit. You are a light bearer. You are a city on a hilltop. And you carry the hope of the world inside of you. So point number three, the Holy Spirit helps you to go the bold. Everyone say, go the bold. (laughs) Proverbs 28 verse 1 says, but the righteous are as bold as a lion. So at that same Christian conference that Isaac and I went to, we went to one of the breakout sessions with a healing evangelist named Jean-Luc. And Jean-Luc had a word and knowledge for the people in the room who suffered from arthritis. And then he asked everyone who had arthritis to raise their hand. Kind of like what we just did with Pastor Josh. Uh, And then Jean-Luc had a word of knowledge for the people in the room who... Oh, sorry, I just said that, didn't I? (laughs) And everyone who was near somebody with their hand raised had to go over and pray for them. And Isaac and I were sitting right next to a woman who had arthritis in both her thumbs. And it was really sad because she was a physiotherapist and really needed her thumbs for work. She'd been in pain for nine years. So I laid hands on her and prayed a super simple prayer for God to heal her. Then we asked her how she felt and to check and see if the pain was gone... And I remember she just looked at her thumbs and went like this. And suddenly she just jumped for joy and screamed, I'm healed. Oh my gosh, God, heal me. And <laughs> and both Isaac and I were like super surprised at how surprised she was that God just healed her. And this was literally a marking, a marking moment for Isaac and I as it ignited a fire inside of us to keep partnering with the Holy Spirit and pray for more opportunities to step out and go the bulb. So we started to pray healing for people in our connect group and God was healing people from chronic back pain and delivering people from all kinds of demonic torment. So whoever said the Christian life is boring has clearly not met the Holy Spirit yet. Mark 16:17 says, that in Jesus' name, you will cast out demons, you will lay hands on the sick and they will recover, because these signs will follow those who believe." So let's be a generation of believers who partner with the Holy Spirit and actually do what Jesus did. God needs us to be his hands and feet. So I just want to encourage you. You have the Holy Spirit within you and nothing is impossible for God. So go the bold. I'm just going to finish in prayer. So can you guys just close your eyes, bow your heads. Dear Heavenly Father, I just thank you so much that you're a miracle working God. Nothing is too hard for you, Lord. I just pray that you would help us to see that when we partner with you, we can and will do extraordinary things. Father, I ask you to anoint us today with the spirit of boldness to go out and do what Jesus did, to go out and shine your light to all those who are in the dark. I pray today that you would ignite a fire within us to share your hope and love with all who need it. Lord, give us fresh opportunities this week to go and be your hands and feet, to reach the lost and to heal the sick. Give us eyes for the people in our workplace and our sporting teams and even our family who don't know you yet. Holy Spirit, we choose to partner with you today as you take us from strength to strength and glory to glory. We give you all the praise. We give you all the honor. We give you all the thanks. We love you, Jesus. In Jesus' mighty name, amen.
0: Well done. I love love that thought, just going the bold and shining God's light. And uh, so, so wonderful. And uh, Jeremy and I had a moment like that the other day, where we we said to someone, "Jesus loves you." Uh, we were we were driving in the car together, and this four wheel drive came flying up next to us and indicated to cut us off. And uh, we were at the well, the we were at the with the lights. Now Jeremy was saying, "Jesus loves you." I wasn't thinking that, but anyway, I was thinking. Uh, anyway, um. <laughs> Anyway, anyway, this lady, she wound down her window and she's like, I'm so sorry, I'm in the wrong lane, would you let me in? And uh, Jeremy yelled out to her, Jesus loves you and we will let you in. (laughs) Which she proceeded to say, what? (laughs) And he said it again. Jesus loves you and we will let you in and we let her in and she was blessed for the day. So there was our good day. So simple as that. Simple as that. <laughs> hey, um, but hey, let's thank Sienna. So such a great word. Well, our next speaker for tonight is Isaac Childs, who is our youth coach doing a wonderful job with his lovely wife Joel leading our youth ministry, blessing our young people on on Friday night. And one thing I love about Isaac is that he's all in. There's no there's no just, there's just, as Pastor Teresa would say, there's no half pie moments with Isaac. He is, a, he is all in for Jesus. He is all in for our church. He is all in for our young people. And I am so, great, um, so thankful that our young people have got such godly couple looking after them and discipling them. And so tonight, let's stand to our feet and welcome Isaac as he comes and shares the word of God. <laughs>
2: Well, howdy, howdy, howdy. <laughs> How are we doing? That's good. Hey, uh, before we grab a seat, um, uh, we're, we're talking about uh, God moving in power. And uh, as, we were, uh, as I was actually getting ready to, uh, to share, even as we were in worship, um, I had this moment where I felt God put something on my heart. Um, I've never done this before, but I believe that uh, if God's given you a gift, the only way you'll know is if you try, try it out. So, we're going to give this a go. Um, I, I was, uh, as we were, um, yeah, as we were, actually, it was Josh, when you were kind of just leading us in that moment. I had a moment uh, where my heart suddenly, like out of nowhere, just broke. Um, and I just felt this like immense sadness we're getting, things are going to go up from here, I promise. Um, but I was like, God, where is this coming from?" Um, and I felt like God was showing me that there are some people in the room who are dealing with a deeply wounded heart, deeply broken heart. Um, I want to speak to whoever that is tonight. Um, I actually feel like this specific I feel like there's a few people in the room actually that are dealing with deep heart wounds and they're actually running from the one person who can mend it, and that's Jesus. Um, And whoever you are in the room, I won't ask you to raise your hand, because I know that's quite a vulnerable thing to do. But I just want you to know, whoever you are, you can trust Jesus with your broken heart. And if you're running away, turn around and run into His arms. Because it says in Scripture that Jesus came to bind up the brokenhearted, and that's to mend all the wounds that have hurt you. Is that cool, church? Is that okay? I hope, uh, bless you, that's the Father's heart. Towards you, you can now grab a seat. Uh, I'm super, super excited to be sharing around the Word of God, but before I do, uh, I want to take a moment to honor one of our amazing leaders in this house, and that is none other than Pastor Jeremy And Before you give a round of applause, I'll explain why. Um, Pastor Jeremy is, in my opinion, the personification of—that's a big word, so you know it's legit—personification of truth and love. Now, Pastor Jeremy, um, when I was when I was back in 2016, I did two years of internship, and it, this is a good thing. I promise, I promise. Um, truth and love. So he he was my mentor for those two years and walked me through many an uh, issue uh, as a 19-year-old dude that I thought was legit. He, he loved me enough to patiently listen through all of my troubles, um, but loved me more than that to, go, to actually uh, tell me sometimes in those moments what I actually needed to hear. Um, and as a result, I'm standing here before you today, more in love with Jesus and more of a man, praise God. So, can we just honor Pastor Jeremy? <laughs> so good. So good. Hey, so we've been, uh, we've been talking about... The miraculous power of the God that we serve, and I love what that says about God is that He isn't aloof and He isn't distant and He isn't uninvolved with our lives. But we see throughout Scripture that God intervenes in powerful ways um, in our lives, and we see that specifically in the example of Jesus. And so, what I want to do is I want to pull uh, I want to pull out of Scripture a, a story, a moment in the life of Jesus's ministry where we see the miraculous healing of a woman who was sick, and we're going to pull out some thoughts as to how we can have faith for the same miraculous power. And so, in Matthew 9, verse 20 to 22, it says this, "'Just then a woman who had been subject to bleeding for 12 years came up behind him and touched the edge of his cloak. She said to herself, "'If only I touch his cloak, I will be healed.'" Jesus turned and saw her, "'Take heart, daughter,' he said, your faith has healed you. And the woman was healed at that moment. At that moment just one touch of the edge of his robe. Anyway, the first thing that as I read this passage of Scripture that stands out to me is that she came up behind Jesus or she came close to Jesus. I don't know if you've ever been in a situation when you're trying to deal with something on your own. Maybe men can actually uh, deal with this specific situation in my life. Uh, In the the home, when it comes to dealing with any issues that arise in the house, I try to assume the position of the man and try to deal with it in my own capacity as if I know how houses work. Um, However, in the one situation in which I choose to not uh, involve myself is the world of electrical faults because electrical faults can kill you if you don't know what you're doing. Um, so, it's, 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 I think that's the word of wisdom for someone in the room. Um, anyway, um, what I do, though, is I ring up my stepdad, because he is a, a qualified electrician, and I know that I can call him up in a moment, and he'll tell me everything that I need to do, and by God's grace, I do it, it works out, I don't die, amen. In the same way, this woman knew that, the, the, the per, the, that she couldn't heal herself in her, in her own ability, And so, she needed to get in close proximity to the one who could, Jesus. And obviously, for us as believers, Jesus is no longer walking among us on the earth, not for a while yet. Um, But what we can do as believers is get in close proximity through prayer. That's what prayer is. Prayer is engaging our hearts with the healer engaging our hearts with the miracle worker. It's getting in an atmosphere where we allow, where we allow Him to speak into our lives, into our circumstance, and allow, allow that in His presence for our faith to be stirred, for God to move. So, as believers, the first thing that I just want to encourage you to do, if you're believing for the miraculous tonight, is to get into close proximity to the healer. And the second thing that I love as I read this story is that this woman put her faith into action she reached out and touched his cloak. You see, as believers, it's not just enough to believe that Jesus can heal, right? Like, it's it's all well and good for me to say, oh yeah, no, Jesus, Jesus can heal for sure. Or maybe Jesus can break through my finances. Sure, Jesus is a provider. Or yeah, no, yeah, for sure, Jesus can restore my broken relationship. Absolutely. But until we put that faith into action, there's no real proof that we actually believe. And I love in the same way that this woman didn't just stand off from afar and it's like, oh yeah, I believe that Jesus can heal me. She pushed through the crowds and she made a decision that I, I know that all I need to do is I need to put this faith of mine into action if I can just reach out and get and touch his cloak. Even just the edge of his cloak. She had faith to believe that if she could just do that, the healing would flow. And I love that it says that as she touched his cloak, in other, in other, trans, uh, in other um, translations of the Scripture from the other Gospels, it says that Jesus felt power leave from Him. And so, for us as believers, the question that I think we should all be asking ourselves in this moment, in whatever area you're believing for God to break through in, is what's one thing? One thing that you can do right now as an act of faith, as a stepping out, maybe that's a really hard conversation with, uh, with that person whose re- relationship is kind of needed to be mended. Maybe you're believing for financial breakthrough, and that actually involves some radical generosity. Maybe you're believing for God to use you, and as Sianna said, to actually go the bold and tell someone that Jesus loves them for the first time. Whatever it is, what is it for you? What is it for you that you, that you need to step out? Because I've got to tell you, Paul actually says in the book of James, he says, faith without works, without deeds, is dead. So, it's, it's actually not enough it's actually not enough to say, yeah, I believe that God can heal. Yeah, I believe that um, God can restore my broken heart. Yeah, I believe that God can provide. It needs to. It needs to be partnered with action, with good works, with deeds. And so we, we are called to put our faith in the action. And we actually see that throughout Scripture, throughout Jesus' life. Every time that God moves in power, it's always partnering with someone's act of faith. We see that in Moses. As Moses delivered the nation of Israel out of Egypt, he was being obedient to every instruction that God commanded him to do. And as a result, we see a nation delivered out of, a, out of slavery, 400 years of slavery. We see that, we see that in Peter when, Peter, when Jesus calls him to step out onto the water, Peter obeyed. And as a result, he walked on water. Insane. And for you and I, if we're to walk in the supernatural, miraculous power of God, it requires us to step out, step out, to put our faith into action. And the last thing that I I love as I read about this woman is that she didn't let her circumstances hold her back from receiving a breakthrough. To paint a picture, she's been suffering with this incurable disease for 12 years, for 12 years. And in that day and age, if you suffered with an issue of blood, that automatically ostracized you from society. You were, you were uh, declared unclean, and people would push you aside. Even religious leaders wanted nothing to do with you. And so you can imagine in this moment, this woman, who doesn't really have a hope left in the world, who has every reasonable excuse to go, yeah, nah, no, I'm good, you know, Jesus may be another time. She decides, and as Jesus is walking past, her glimmer of hope she pushes through the crowd, and if you if you read Luke's uh, depiction of this story, you'll, it actually says that the crowds crushed him, were beginning to crush Jesus. So you can see how many people must have been around. How many people must have been around Jesus that probably would have actually resisted this woman because again, she's unclean. But she doesn't let that stop her. She decides, no, I need, I'm I'm done being in the space that I'm in. I'm done dealing with this impossible circumstance. I'm done dealing with my incurable sickness. I'm done with my family breaking apart. I am going to just get that one moment, as Josh was saying, that one moment in the presence of God that I know will change everything. I'm going to not allow my circumstances to dictate where I am any longer, because I know who Jesus is, and I know that He can change everything can change everything and you know the strategy of the enemy will be to try and keep us stagnant and overwhelmed and try to get us so so focused on the impossibility of our circumstances and all of our excuses as to why we wouldn't be set free so if you're dealing with your with your impossible circumstances I might as just get the keys to come up if that's cool um, I would encourage you don't Stay in that place, regardless of what obstacles you have to overcome. Get faith on the inside of you. Allow your faith to be stirred into action and to press in, to press against every possible reality in the natural that tells you that you wouldn't be free, that you wouldn't see the breakthrough, that you wouldn't see the healing, whatever it is, whatever it is just one moment, just one moment, one encounter with Jesus, everything could change. And so what I want to do right now is I just want to create a moment for God to speak. We were talking about getting into close proximity of the healer. We were talking about putting our faith into action. We're talking about not letting our excuses hold us back from our healing. And so I just want us all to close our eyes for a moment. And just, this is just a moment between you and God. And maybe for you tonight, you're feeling stirred to get into closer proximity, to get in the presence of Jesus, to actually begin to pray. Maybe you've never prayed before. Or maybe you're here and you're like, yeah, Isaac, I'm one of those people that have said that they have faith in Jesus. But when it comes to putting that into action, I actually get so fearful or maybe you've been one of those people that have just been riding off with excuse after excuse as to why you're not free right now. Maybe you're putting the blame on others. Whatever that is in that moment, I just want you to just take a moment just to ask God, God, what is it in me? Where do I need to rekindle my faith again? Holy Spirit, I thank you that you're in the room. Thank you that you're speaking to hearts. Thank you that you're speaking to hearts. Come, Holy Spirit. Come, Holy Spirit. Let faith begin to stir right now, to go again. For those who are discouraged right now, for those who feel like there's no way, for those who feel like the circumstance is too impossible for God to break through in, Lord, let faith begin to stir right now. Right now, in Jesus' name. What I actually want to do, just in these last few moments, is actually just take a minute. And I know we've been praying already. But I think, as a church, we need to stir up our faith, just for a minute. I want to turn this place into a prayer meeting again. And whatever you're believing for, I want you just to raise your hand if you're believing. God to break through. Actually, maybe let's all stand. Let's all stand. And just together in this place, I love that the Bible says that wherever two or more are gathered in my name, whatever you ask in my name will be done. And I believe right now, I believe that there's there's faith in the room for God to move. We've been, Josh has been saying, and I completely agree, that I believe that right now, tonight is a moment where things are going to shift. And so what I want us to do, if you're believing for a miracle tonight, I want you to raise your hand, but for all of us, I want us just to begin to stir up our faith. If you pray in a heavenly prayer language, just begin to stir it. Begin to stir up your faith right now. Father, we believe that you're a miracle-working God. We invite you to come. We invite you to come, Father, over every impossible circumstance. Lord, where there is belief, where there is need for provision. Father, where there is need for healing, where there is need for relational restoration. In Jesus' name, where there is broken hearts, where there is mental illness, Father, in Jesus' name, it all bows at your feet. Lord, we stir up our faith and believe again. We believe again without faith. It's impossible to please you. But Father, we know that you are a water of those who seek you. So Father, right now, over every person in this room, over every need, Father, we declare Your power moving now, moving now in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name, nothing is too hard for you. Father, we declare that tonight, your kingdom come, your will be done. Where your kingdom is, there is breakthrough. Where your kingdom is, there is freedom. Where your kingdom is, there is healing. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Praise God. Praise God. Hey, you guys can grab a seat. And I just want to encourage you, if you are believing for that breakthrough, fight for it every day. Don't let your faith be stirred just on a Sunday, but Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, fight until you see God move. It may not necessarily be how you envision it, But God answers prayer every time because that's who He is. He is faithful. Is that cool? We serve a miracle-working God, and I am thankful for it. Now, hey, uh, before we go any further, I want to just create an opportunity right now uh, for someone in the room to begin a relationship with God. We've been talking about Jesus moving in miracles, healing the sick, setting people free. And the reason why He did that, does that today, is because He loves you and I. It was to show us that God is real and He's here for every single one of us. If I could leave you, if anything you got a hold of tonight, let it be this. God loves you so, so, so much. And so in a moment, what we're going to do is I'm going to just start. Invite three types of people in this room uh, to respond, and uh, what, what will happen is, if you're any one of those three types of people, I'll just invite you to raise your hand, and I'll acknowledge that I've seen that hand, and what we'll do is, after a moment, we're just going to say a prayer together. I'm going to lead it, and you're going to r- repeat it, because the Bible says that if you declare with your mouth and believe in your heart, it's a statement of faith that Jesus Christ is Lord, you'll be saved. And so the first kind of person I want to speak to tonight is maybe you've never begun a relationship with God. Maybe you're here for the first time tonight, and you have no idea why. Maybe none of the things that we've been talking about tonight make any sense. But when you look deep down in your heart, you can clearly see, Isaac, there is just something missing. Or maybe you're facing an impossible circumstance, and you, you just have come to a point where you know Isaac, only God. Only God could change where I'm at. I want you to know that God loves you so much. And all it takes is a moment right now, if you would be bold and respond, that God would come in and change everything. The second kind of person I want to speak to is, maybe you've been in a relationship with God for a while. Maybe you grew up in church. Maybe you came to a youth group. Maybe you went to Sunday school. But for whatever reason, you drifted away. Life got in the way. Things happen. But you're here and you're just like, like I need to come back to God. His arms are open wide. And the third kind of person I want to speak to is maybe you believe in God, and that's awesome. It's really cool that you believe in God, but when you think about the idea of eternity, what happens after this life, there just is not a peace. There is actually, in fact, I feel like there's some people and that actually really terrifies them. And I've got to make it real clear. Jesus is the only way that you can have peace. Peace of what Life will look like after this life. So, if you're any one of those three kinds of people, I would just invite you to raise your hand in this moment. Is there anyone here that wants to begin a relationship with God? He loves you so much, and I know all it would take in this moment is just a moment of boldness and courage. Often in these moments, your head's trying to figure it all out. In these moments, it's often this isn't often something that makes sense in our head, but it's just something far deeper that's going on. You just know, even if you can't necessarily reason it, God loves you so much. Is there anyone here looking over to my right, your left, who wants to make that decision? In the middle, God loves you so much. This moment could change everything for you. And over to my left, your right. Awesome, I see that hand. Bless your heart. That's such an amazing, amazing decision. Is there anyone else here that wants to join this woman that's made this decision? I see, that up, I see your hand up in the back. That's amazing. God loves you so much. He sees that decision you've made. Anyone else? Just want to take one extra moment. Don't want to miss this opportunity. Your eternity can be secure in this moment. So good. Okay, church, so what we're going to do is we're going to say a prayer. I'm going to lead us in it. and you're, We're all going to say it together, but for those two people that raised your hand, this is a moment between you and God. So I want you to say this with all of your heart. But all together, church, repeat after me. Dear Heavenly Father, I thank you that you love me. I thank you that you sent your Son, Jesus, to die and rise again so that I could be saved. I'm sorry for living life my way. I surrender to you tonight, and I put my faith in Jesus. Forgive me of my sin. Wash me clean. And I thank you that as you do, I am set free, forgiven, born again, going to heaven. In Jesus' name, amen. Church, can we celebrate those two people that have made that decision to follow Jesus? Such a powerful, powerful, powerful moment. I know that life from this point on changes forevermore. And hey, for those two people that raised your hand, two things that you'll hear us encourage you every week to do is to firstly, keep coming to church because it's in this atmosphere of faith. It's in this family of believers that we discover what it is to follow Jesus, to be a Christian. And the second thing that I would encourage you to do is to get to Alpha. Alpha is a course that we run in this church for those who are beginning their journey of faith or those who are interested in pursuing a life of faith. And it covers all the massive questions of life and how to be a Christian. Is that cool? Once again, church, can we just celebrate those decisions? It's such an amazing… it's why we're here. Well, church, has been a pleasure and a blessing. I, uh, I hope that this Word blesses you and that your faith would be stirred to believe for the miraculous, for the supernatural power of God. Thank you so much. I'm going to hand it back to Gemma.